ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Uh, folks, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with Pastor Gary Stafford and special guest Tiffany Adamian. Um Brother Gary, over to you. Well, I'd like uh, I'd like uh, Tiffany to uh, lead us in prayer. Okay. Well, Lord, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you that when the enemy attacks, that we know that that you're even more present. So, Lord, I thank you for taking this thing over today, having your way. In Jesus' name, um, I command this cold and the other attacks I've had on me to go to in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just thank you for your presence, your love, and your anointing. We ask you to touch Virginia Morrill today as she's gone into the hospital with AFib somewhere in Florida. So, Lord, I just ask for divine intervention for her as well. Now, we pray for the missions trip coming up. Um, for the team, God, that you'll send a... I really need a new team. So, Lord, I just ask you for that right now in Jesus' name. I ask you to have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. And, God, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Amen. Amen. And I I want you listeners to listen because some of you are going to be on team and you will see the signs, miracles, and wonders of the Bible taking place right before your very eyes. And uh, you'll know more about this as you listen to this program. And Tiffany, I'd like to welcome our listening audience, and I'd like to say good day and Good evening, fellow listeners. How in the world are you? Well, that's a good thing to say. How in the world are you? Because we have the whole world listening at some hour of their day or night. And uh, it's good having you back. And uh, for the first time... First time listeners, uh, we have a a different program most every week, not because of circumstances like this, because we have a loving God, and he'll see us through, and uh, we have uh, an awesome guest today, uh, as you heard, Tiffany, Tiffany Ademi, who has been on before. And either Brother Shannon had her on because of her testimony. And it was awesome. It's like you are hearing stories right out of the Bible. I mean, that is how serious it is. And it's amazing. And you will hear even more today. Now, remember... We'll be taking Worldwide Communion toward the end of the program, so you may want to take a moment to get some bread or crackers and some wine or grape juice or whatever you'll be using. 
as God looks at a repentant heart more than what is in the cup. That's what's important, coming with a repentant heart. And now, Tiffany, I'd like to meet, uh, you know, make a, a brief introduction, kind of leading them in so they know a little more about you. And uh, we'll proceed with your testimony after that. And Tiffany was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, and raised and educated in Hamlet, North Carolina. And uh, now, Tiffany, you were said to me, you said to me that your mom was a teenager when she realized she was pregnant with you. Tell us how yeah, this she was very young. <laughs> she was 14, um, realized she was pregnant, um, hadn't really done much, um, she just got, you know, the seed got where it needed to go without her really doing what people normally do, so that's really strange, but anyway, um, she wound up pregnant at 14 and, uh, had me at 15 and married my dad at 16. <laughs> All right, well, you know what, the choice was hers. And uh, you said your mom was Kathy? Yeah. Yeah, and Kathy had a decision to make. And and in most situations, they would abort a child. And uh, that's the going weight uh, way to go. And, and the thing is, is that she chose not to, and look at what the the Lord had planned for her young little girl, and uh, look at what transpired as a result of making the right decision. And I want you to know that uh, I am so proud of you. Uh, Kathy, for doing the right thing, because uh, giving that child life is uh, probably the most important thing that you have done. And uh, I know the first seven years of your life, your mom was your uh, was in your life, and it was almost like having a uh, a sister, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, mom got your mom got married and moved away when you were age seven, and grandma came into the rescue, and she raised you. I think that's awesome, and many a grandmother has done just that. You know, as I said before, Tiffany. Tiffany's mother had a choice, abortion or life for her child. She chose life, and a destiny was born. And wait till you hear the destiny of her child, which you will now hear 
because Tiffany is uh, was uh, raised and educated uh, in Hamlet, North Carolina, as I said before, and uh, you, at age 15, you're at a crusade where you're, you've made every important decision. What happened? Um, I went to a crusade with one of Billy Graham's evangelists at my high school. Um, it was Freddie Gage. And um, he was an ex-gang member. I remember hearing his story. Freddie Gage went to uh, the city where he was a gang member at and held a crusade, and all the churches were afraid to come because all the gangbangers were coming to the crusade, which is fantastic, actually. But they thought they were, you know, the church people thought they were going to get attacked by these gang members. And... Um, that did not happen. Most of these gang members came to the Lord, and I happened to go hear that man later on in life. Um, when I was 15 and came to the Lord, I went with a neighbor, and um, the first night I just sat there, and I hung on to the seat, and they gave the altar call, but I felt the Lord pulling me down there, And um, but it was scary, so I didn't go. Um, the second night um, when they gave the altar call, I went down. Um, that first night, um, I came home and went to a party, actually, but it was a different situation because I was watching from the outside in, and I was like, you know, this is not the life I want. I don't want anything to do with this. And um, I had made the decision to give my heart to the Lord before I went back the second night, but when they gave the altar call the second night, when I let go of the bleachers, I ran down, is what Ann said. She said, I ran all the way down there. Yeah, I understand that for three months you were attending a local church and you were, you know, just in prayer when something awesome happened. Would you tell us about what happened? Um, after I had gotten saved, I went to a church called Hallelujah Deliverance, um, which is very different from my family. They didn't understand why I went there, but um, I felt the presence of God there, and the Holy Spirit was there, and I was in youth group, and I was asking the Lord to fill me with the Holy Spirit, and um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit there in that youth group. Um, I got more of it at home. Um, I actually had a situation where my grandma had left town, and I was old enough to be at home by myself, but, you know, um, I guess I was like 16, but anyway, the, um, the devil showed himself to me, walked in the room and I was like, man. And so I started praying in my prayer language and turned the light on and he disappeared. But I had some strange things happen like that, which is because of, you know, the call that God has on my life. And, um, I started to realize my authority at that time in the Holy Spirit and in the power of God. Wow. I understand there's a, a word that comes to me, women's prison. What is that about? Um, I go into um, 
by going to the jails. I've been going in there since I was 16. I started out in Charlotte and Richmond County, which is the next town over from Hamlet, uh, in Rockingham and that jail, um, at the women's jail, going in and ministering to women um, for a long time. And honestly, the women are a lot rougher than the men. <laughs> uh, the men are a lot easier to deal with than the women. I don't know the reason totally other than women are more on the emotional side of things. And when they get injured, they're, you know, it's harder for them to heal. Um, but I did that for years. And then I went into, started going into men's prisons in Tennessee. And I'm still going into the Horry County jails here. We just started going back. And also yeah, the men's now, shelter. Now you, uh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But uh, okay. I understand you went to Bible college in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah, I went to Normal Hayes Bible College in Cleveland, Tennessee, and um, graduated in 93. And I went on my first missions trip that year to Mexico. And um, actually, before I went to Mexico, we went on a street ministry trip to L.A., and that was my first exposure to Latin Americans on a, on a large scale. And uh, we did drama and mime in front of, gosh, I guess, 1,500 people. Wow. And um, a lot of the Hispanics came up and gave their hearts to the Lord. It was over 100 people, and that was when um, the desire to reach the Latin American people, you know, it, that was when God put it into my heart. Well, I tell you, we have a lot of Ameri uh, Latin American people listening because of our programming, and uh, I understand that uh, you and your group helped build some 18 churches, and uh, you did this all in nine and a half years after being born again. Right. I started that in 93, and I kept going for years. We built two churches a year in Mexico. Um mostly in the state of Tamaulipas, um, which is about five hours in, uh, near the Sierra Madre Mountains. Uh, those churches are still standing. Um, the pastors are still going strong, and everything's going well. Mexico Missions is following up with them. Um, I've gone, I started going into Belize, and right now I'm waiting on direction from the Lord, you know, what he wants me to do next, so... Well, That's why I'm praying for a, for another team, you know, to come in to work with. Yeah, and uh, a team, forthcoming team. This is the thing that you'll be a part of, and uh, Tiffany has done this, and uh, she's done it repeatedly with people that she knows and. Uh, and other times where she got to know them pretty well. And uh, I understand in 2004, there was a big trip with many people going uh, where and <laughs> for what purpose? Now, in 2004, we went to uh, 
that was the last year I went to Mexico with Brother Carney, who started Mexico Missions, and uh, that was his last trip. And I went. I ended up having to go on a Greyhound bus and ride 27 hours one way and 26 hours the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I got to go in with him, and then in 2008, we started going into Belize. I see, and and you said that uh, at that time, uh, some 150 people from all over the United States and other nations were taking advantage of this opportunity to uh, to minister to these people, and uh, and uh, that. You know, it's it's just amazing what you've done, and Tiffany, you've been active in missions, and uh, of course, you said women's prisons for years now. But you're changing your focus to other countries, and of course, you mentioned Belize. Um, We've been in the Belize and Guatemala, and I'm I'm asking the Lord if He wants me to start going back into Mexico again. Oh my God! Well, I tell you, um, I know that you've been to Belize uh, uh, several times, and um, I I know that you've gone to. I don't know the last time that you went, but I do know you went in 21. And now you've been to Belize how many times? Nine times, I think. How long? How many? Nine times, I think we've been in the Belize, maybe more, nine or ten times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had uh, written down ten times, and uh, now there's a call to go, and uh, you yes, you're going to be led of the Lord, and uh, Belize and Mexico will probably be areas that you'll go to. Now, you have seen people from past mission trips be healed and saved. Could you share some of the memorable moments and miracles that took place? Lord, I just thank you for reminding me of what those miracles were because I've got some really old ones. <laughs> but I would rather share some of the new ones. So, Lord, we just thank you for bringing that to remembrance. I know that um, we had... Uh, a family in Mexico one time because we used to build the churches and we'd have outdoor services at night on the church build site. And there was a whole family um, that had been watching from the bush, you know, around the perimeter there. And before everything was over, that whole family had come in and given their hearts to the Lord. I know that um, one of the biggest experiences in Mexico was the first time I saw people, you know, in dress clothes, you know, mom and dad and child and whoever else just fall out right in the mud in those dress clothes, and they didn't care. They were desperate for God, and that's uh, that's what we need. I know I've seen um, 
blind eyes healed in Belize. We were in Corazon, and a lady's eyes were healed, and she she totally got her eyesight back. And I know the Lord yeah. said, "Step out of the door and let the light in the room, so so you can see what's going on." And she had her eyesight back. She started screaming, "I can see! I can see!" Now you know Tiffany, uh, your dad passed away a while ago, and uh, he had prescription glasses, and you, uh, for some reason, took his glasses to uh, where you were going, and then what happened? I took the glasses in the Belize, and uh, they ended up going to a pastor that needed them, and uh, they were the right prescription. How about and that? And I had uh, taken them just praying, you know, who do they need to go to, God? And um, the the only person that I felt impressed to give them to, they were a perfect fit and a perfect prescription for that pastor. So that was a miracle, too. That was a blessing. Now, you were talking about miracles. I, I, re- I remember that a man heard what was going on on the other side of the uh, the river, and uh, he got into a uh, rowboat, a small rowboat, and and uh, and uh, kind of worked his way across the the river, and uh, he came with a bad leg. Tell tell him what happened. That man had a leg and back injury. Um, we were actually on Key Calker in Belize, and it's split uh, a hurricane split the island a long time ago i don't know the story of what hurricane it was and all of that but um so he rode across from the other side of the island to the side we were on and came over and got prayer um his back and leg were totally healed they told him they didn't think he'd walk normal again they told him they didn't think that he would have normal function of his back again, and God totally healed him on the front porch of the little cabana we were staying in that night when we prayed for him. And I believe that's not us, but that's his step of faith, where he came across the water and said, all right, I'm going over there to get my miracle. And God gave it to him. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. I thank God every time I get to be a part of the miracles that he does, because he definitely still does them. Well, you know, the other thing was is that uh, because they're poor and uh, they can't afford medication, somebody comes down with something, and next thing you know, it's a group of people and uh, that are having the same problem. And what did you see happen to fever? Every baby that we've ever prayed for in Belize, the fever has left the child. Um, A lot of their parents have come to the Lord when they saw that happen. Um, But there's not one baby, and we're probably up in the thousands now that we prayed for. The fever has left every baby that we prayed for in Belize and every child that we prayed for in Belize. Every child born in Belize was healed. Is that a sign and wonder, a miracle of the Bible? Yeah, but there is something in the Bible 
that um, I said to myself, what is this? What is a salvation doll? <laughs> um, we take little salvation dolls with... Um they really look like voodoo dolls, but that's not what they are. Um, but they're small and they're handmade like that. Um, actually, voodoo dolls are smaller than these. But um, they have a salvation necklace around their neck. And each color, each bead represents um, something from the Bible and teaches the story of salvation. So we use these dolls to teach children to share the salvation message. Uh, not only with other kids, but with their family members as well. And the good thing about beliefs is when we teach them that, these kids will actually go and do it. A lot of times we teach that in the United States and they don't bother. They're embarrassed or whatever they are. Um, they just don't share like that in this country. But in beliefs, they will in the Indian villages, especially in the catchy Indian villages. They'll go, when you give them a doll, they'll go and tell the story to everybody they can get to. And oh. they come back um, later years, and they've told us about all the people that got saved when they shared the story of Jesus Christ and how he laid down his life for us. Because the doll has a... A sad face on one side, and then when you flip it over, it has a happy face on the other side. So as you tell the story, one side is, you know, before Jesus, and this is what you look like, and the other side is after Jesus, and this is what you look like. And um, so I'm reminded of that um, PTL thing. Jesus takes a frown and turns it upside down, and oops, up comes a smile. So that's what these dolls look like. Um, one side is a frown and the other side is a smile because Jesus takes the frown off our face and gives us a smile. Um, the beads are neat because they all, all different colors stand for different things. Of course, it starts with, you know, the black bead stands for sin. And then the red stands for the blood of Jesus. And, um, you know, they go through all the colors and they tell the story of what, what salvation is so the blood of jesus covers our sin and turns us white as snow and then um it talks about the baptism and water in the holy spirit which is blue and then um and then the green bead talks about eternal life and then of course yellow um talks about the streets of gold in heaven so that's what the kids are using to share the story of Jesus Christ with other people and it's very simple and it works that's amazing you got everybody involved uh, including the children uh, with salvation and you were talking to me about a previous trip to Cave Calker and there was Xavier uh, had a heart and hernia condition, and uh, what happened to him? The heart was healed. Uh, the hernia disappeared when we prayed for him. It went down and was not there anymore, and we felt it go down when we prayed for him. I felt it go down under my hand. And what about his heart? 
And uh, that, he just said, you know, we didn't have a doctor's report or anything on that, but he just said my heart feels brand new, too. He said everything, everything has been touched by the hand of God, and I, you know, I don't remember if he went to the doctor after that, but I know I've seen him several times before, and he is still healed. Well, you know, you said something to me which I didn't know how to relate to because you used the word pie, knees, and elbows were healed. And I don't don't know what pie, knees, and elbows are. Well, when I first got the gift of healing in 2008 at a a healing conference, um, I was trying to hide my um, Latino parents um, Oscar, um, or Cesar and Martha, actually, but uh, Cesar was down there, and it was in Florida and Lakeland, and he had been praying for the sick, and I told him, this is what the Lord told me to come here and do, and he said, um, okay, I've figured out I can help you. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to vouch for you because I didn't have papers, you know, for being a minister. And so he took me up there and got me through the line, but I was still nervous because he left the next day. So I was praying for all of these people. And um, seven people, eight people lined up in front of me, and I was on the side of the stage. Like I said, I was trying to hide. And for some reason, a whole line of people lined up in front of me. And I was thinking, Lord, you better show up because I got nothing. And uh, so I prayed through that whole line of people, prayed for each and every one of them, and God healed the knees, the elbows, the back, you know, just all of those things in their spine and different things that were going on that were muscular, skeletal like that um, in that whole crowd. You know, some of them couldn't bend their knees. Some of them couldn't bend down and stand back up, and every person in that line was healed. Wow. Now, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I remember that you talked about a young man at a local store prayed and gave his heart to Jesus, even though he was high. <laughs> yeah, we had that happen in Belize. I've had that happen in the United States. We used to go to New York City and do um, street ministry. We did that for 12 years. And a lot of people that are high or on alcohol or smoking dope or on pills or whatever it is, um, when they give their heart to the Lord, they're completely sober and completely straight. So we've seen that happen everywhere. Um, Yeah here at the North Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach, you know, on the missions trips and everything else. So um, the one guy in Belize that I remember, we, we uh, I remember the one at the store, but we witnessed the one in the graveyard. And um, he was standing out there, and I was thinking, I'm going to talk to him. And so we took three or four people with us, and we went over there to talk to him, and he was smoking pot out there. And uh, yeah, we began to, to pray with him and talk to him. And I said, you know, 
I said, marijuana is the only drug I know that makes you completely content doing absolutely nothing. I said, is that what you want to do with your life? And he said, no, it's not. And he said, that's true. That's what it does. And um, I said, don't you want more purpose in your life? Don't you want to be able to reach souls for God or see people healed, see people set free? And uh, have your sins forgiven and make it to heaven, all of those things. And he said, yes. And we prayed with him the salvation prayer, and he gave his heart to the Lord. Yeah, I understand there was a, a young man called to the ministry and his mother-in-law as well, who had lost her foot and was fighting uh, hopelessness, and uh, that changed. And she suddenly uh, had a different attitude and served, went on serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How did she get through that? Uh, the young man um, gave his heart to the Lord and started preaching the word, but the lady, the lady did not get her foot back or anything like that, but she went with what happened and continued to preach the word. Um, in contrast, there was another lady over there that had her foot amputated, and she had said, if I lose my foot, I don't want to be here, and she went on to be with the Lord, and then this other lady had the same thing happen, and she was preaching the gospel. Wow. And sharing the Word of and God with other people yeah. afterwards, so that's a difference yeah, in the and, person, uh, you know. Uh... We can and, have whatever and, we grab onto in the Word. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that uh, somebody had a memory uh, touched, and uh, the family issues were healed. A girl named Kathy, and uh, I I remember you talking about that, and suddenly there was healing within the family, and the issues that were, were forgotten about, and the whole family became one again. And uh, how many people listening have gone through that in their own lives, where there's been a misunderstanding, or a word spoken, or a an, an attitude that's... Uh, brought division in the family, and you saw healing of family relationships. Can you share anything about that? Um, one in particular comes to mind, and a lady in Belize that was raising her son by herself that had been molested and, and was estranged from her family, and we prayed with her and her son, and... Um, her husband ended up coming back, and uh, the family ended up accepting the husband and everything else. And um, you know, the man that that did the molestation was actually dead already, but um, she was able to forgive him, and the family came back together and moved forward. That's one of the most memorable ones that I can that I'm thinking of right away. Yeah, I. Uh... 
you you prayed for boldness uh, in pastors because they they had been doing what they've been doing most of their lives and they weren't being as bold as they could and you prayed for them and others prayed for him and he reached the community and freedom from every discrimination of every kind. That was awesome. That was awesome. And and, then I understand there was also uh, uh, a a fellow Mario who had blind eyes. And uh, what happened to him? Uh, Mario was one of the guys that we prayed for whose eyes were completely healed as well. We had a few of those. And um, and he was sharing his testimony. I don't know what else he ended up doing, but he was sharing his testimony, and people were coming to the Lord for sure. How about that? A testimony. And every single listener has a testimony. And what if your testimony brought people to the Lord or gave them the confidence and the belief that God would heal them. Think of what you are sowing into people's lives. Not only the angels of heaven rejoice over one person being saved. Imagine what you would be doing bringing salvation to a a country or a people or a family that doesn't know that there was a God who loved them and accepted them just the way they were. That they didn't have to pay the price for salvation like Jesus Christ did, but his blood actually brought about healing. And uh, it's just amazing that, uh, and then the listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this, that whoever, it says in John 3.15, that whoever, and this is Jesus speaking, Whoever believes, many in them, may in them have eternal life. For the next verse says, for God so loved the world. Now, let me ask you, fellow listeners, who is the world? It's those that are listening right now. And those that aren't listening, because they didn't know there was a word of salvation that would lead them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. And it goes on to say, few remember the verse, 
that follows, and that's me. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. I I never knew that. And so uh, you might be saying, well, how do you get saved? And it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, oh, that's it. You confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised his son from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Could you lead our listeners that have never, ever accepted Jesus Christ into their heart like you did in Belize and elsewhere in the by the coast of Guatemala and Mexico, could you please lead them to the King? Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you have a plan, a purpose for our life. And there's none of us that don't have that plan and purpose that you put upon us, Lord, so we thank you for it right now. I just ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I thank you for giving me forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you rose again on the third day. Thank you for being raised again on the third day. And filling us with your Holy Spirit and your power. And filling us with your Holy Spirit and with power. And restoring our relationship with God so we can go directly to him. And restoring our relationship so that we can go to God directly to him. So, Jesus, I thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for giving me of my sins. And thank you for removing all darkness from my life. And thank you for all blessings of my life. And releasing your light. And I raise from your light. Jesus, I thank you that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you're my Lord and Savior. I ask you to take the throne of my life as I step down in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for doing that thing in Jesus' name. My Lord, I thank you that I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you, Lord, that I'm on my way to heaven. And my sins are forgiven. 
and my sins are forgiven. And Lord, we ask for the salvation of our family members. And Lord, we ask for the salvation of our family members. And we ask for the boldness to share Jesus Christ. And the boldness to serve Jesus Christ. And to tell other people about Jesus. And to tell other people about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, fellow listeners, if you have never, ever said that prayer before, you've made the most important decision of your entire life. And you are receiving the gift of God of eternal life because of that prayer. Oh, my God, thank you. Thank you for your, your gift. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for my commitment to you. And thank you, Lord for the things that you are going to do through my pre-planned destiny that I knew nothing about. Yes, I have a destiny, and I will fulfill it in the name of Jesus. And, you know, we said uh, something about having communion at the end of our program, and we do that now, and uh, I want you to know that you can find these words in 1 Corinthians 11 and uh, verses 23 through 26, that's 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26, and The Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And we break it now together. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But take that bread now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I take it daily. Why? Because Jesus took 39 stripes on his back before going to the cross to die for your sins, covering your sins with his blood. And I also realized that there were 39 known diseases, known to man, and those stripes, it says in Isaiah, by his stripes, I am healed. And I've gone through surgery and healed in half the time. And I have never been sick a day in my life since I started doing this almost eight years ago. 
All right, and we continue on. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, I have my my uh, my cup, and uh, it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And I want you to know that he's coming sooner than you think. Many of you listening today will be alive when he comes. Yeah. We don't know when, but the uh, it says that when the olive branch is, is, is growing, we know that the time is near. Amen. Let's take our communion now. Thank you, Lord. Your blood has covered my sins and are remembered no more. Watch clean in the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain. Now, you know what? There are people who think there's, there's no religion involved here and I said no that's true it's relationship and I'll show right. you why and then 2nd Corinthians 6 at 2nd Corinthians 6 we're going to go through verse 2 16 through 18 and God is speaking and at the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation, oh, this is the day of salvation. I helped you. How about that? Behold, now is the acceptable time. And you were doubting that this was the right time? Behold, now is the day of salvation. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. And I will dwell in them, it goes on to say, and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Where's the religion in that? There is none. It's a relationship. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people? Well, he knows your past. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will what? Welcome you. You see, your past is remembered no more. Yes, he's speaking to you. And then he says, I will be a father. A what? 
a father to you, and you shall be what? Sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters? That's a relationship, a family relationship, and welcome into the family of God. You are part of that, and it makes you my brothers and sisters out there. Okay. Uh, He knows everything about you, and still he made the decision because Jesus covered your sins with his blood. Amen. And Brother Shannon. All right. Good interview today. And uh, what would you all like to title this for the archive? Oh, I don't know. What do you have? I have the plan of God using you for his people. I like that. Now, Sister Tiffany, how can people contact you in your ministry and support your work? Um, my email is tiffanyadamey at protonmail.com. Spell that for us. Um, if they want it, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-A-D-E-I-M-Y at protonmail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. And then to give on PayPal, you can give at uh, Lucy Jane, L-U-C-Y-J-A-N-E, 211, at com. Okay. And Brother Gary, tell people about your ministry, website, and how they can support your work. Well, I tell you, the things that that Tiffany is doing... I'm sending my check to her just as I did the last time she was on because 90 seconds. I believe in her ministry. I believe the mysteries of God that are being done through her. And yes, justintimeministries.com, part of that's got to go to her ministry and her work in Belize and Mexico and whoever, wherever the Lord takes them. Amen. Tiffany, your work is exciting. And uh, Brother Gary, please get her back on again soon. Thank you for coming on tonight, both of you. Love you all. And uh, we'll see you on another program. Amen. Thank you. Have a blessed day, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Tiffany, and my check is in the mail. Brother Gary, before we close, a uh, good word, and I'm glad you got Tiffany on because it, I looked. I hadn't had her on since about December. Uh, we've got to get her on. Also, uh, see if you can get a hold of Brother Pat Roach and Benjamin Bennett. Um, I have lost Pat's information, but perhaps you might want to bring him on as a guest on one of your shows. 
I got a couple people. Okay, well, Benjamin Bennett, Paul wrote, I don't know. Okay, well, we'll pray for him that uh, he'll answer the call to come back on this show. And a couple others that just came to mind tonight, I'm going to email you so uh, we can get some of these people I back want on. You, I want you to know that the man who died for an hour and 45 minutes is coming on next month. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Brother Gary? Dean Braxton. Oh, Dean Braxton. That's going to be a good one. Uh, Folks, if you're coming in late, get this in the archive, and uh, stay tuned. We're going for another show in just a moment. We'll see you soon, Brother Gary. All right. God bless. God bless. Good job. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Tiffany. Okay, folks, let's go ahead and get our next guest on. We're going to get... uh, Brother John Terrell, I'm dialing now. Here we go, and I'm going to reboot Mix Cell Arts. Stand by. <laughs> 